Good evening. Our top stories tonight, the Baltimore Ravens are outright refusing to speak of Lamar Jackson. General Manager Eric DaCosta had a press conference earlier today and would not talk about Lamar, only focused on the draft, which begs the question, who is going to replace Lamar Jackson? Because the Baltimore Ravens admitted, yeah, we might take a quarterback round one if the board falls to us, but there's a lot of quarterbacks that we like in this draft. And they did add a certain offensive coordinator from the University of Georgia, and there is a certain national champion quarterback from the University of Georgia. So could the Baltimore Ravens be looking at Stetson Bennett? Could they be looking at Hendon Hooker? Who do the Baltimore Ravens want? And we've got news across the NFL on Player Profiler today. So Lamar Jackson, it just, I, I'm over it. I'm over it at this point. Ravens, just let him go. Someone sign Lamar Jackson. Ravens, rescind the franchise tag on Lamar Jackson so he can go elsewhere. Just something, something has to happen because this has been drawn out far too long. It's going to continue to draw out past the draft, but the fact that General Manager Eric DaCosta of the Baltimore Ravens just refusing, outright refusing to answer any questions on Lamar Jackson, period. Nothing. Won't answer any of them. No, this is about the draft. This press conference is about the draft. I understand you got you want to ask questions about Lamar Jackson, but this is about the draft. Okay, that's pretty arbitrary. You have decided that you don't want to talk about Lamar Jackson because you are scared to face the questions because you know that you have messed this situation up and they have at every turn. The Baltimore Ravens have undervalued Lamar Jackson and I'm over it at this point. I've had to talk about it so many times, but they just keep making it worse week after week, day after day, report after report, news cycle after news cycle. The Baltimore Ravens just somehow make this even worse. Now I know the Ravens are reportedly out looking for wide receivers. They're hosting wide receiver Quentin Johnston for a visit. They are in the DeAndre Hopkins mix. They're in the Cortland Sutton mix. They signed Nelson Aguilar. But this is all just damage control at this point. Everyone is on Lamar Jackson's side. I, I, and if you're not, how? Why? I don't see how the Baltimore Ravens look good in this at all. They've poisoned the well. Lamar has had to come out and say, yeah, I asked for a trade because they won't respect me, and I'm tired of this. I don't want to be here anymore. And the Ravens just continue to bury their head in the sand, continue to act like nothing happened, act like Lamar's still their quarterback. And it's just so wrong. And I know we're going to have to wait until after the draft for a team to sign Lamar Jackson to an offer sheet. And this is another thing that bothers me. There are a lot of people out there that seem to have this whole situation confused. Teams are not trading for Lamar Jackson. That is not how this works. People will put together trade proposals that teams could give Lamar Jackson or the Ravens for Lamar Jackson. That isn't how this works. How this works is a team comes to Lamar Jackson and says, hey, here's an offer sheet. This is the contract that we want to sign you to. Now, the Baltimore Ravens have five days to match that offer sheet, and then Lamar Jackson either signs the offer sheet with the Baltimore Ravens 
or stays on the franchise tag. There's no trade involved. All that happens, the trade everyone is thinking of is the two first round picks that go to the Ravens in exchange, but it's not a trade. The offer sheet comes first. Teams aren't offering the Ravens anything. The teams don't have to talk to the Ravens to make this happen, which adds another interesting layer because the Ravens don't know who is negotiating with Lamar Jackson. Because we've heard all these teams that are out, but are they really? Are they talking to Lamar Jackson behind the scenes? Did the Falcons reach out to Lamar Jackson and decide the number was just too much? We don't know. And the Ravens don't either because this all can happen behind closed doors. So no, Lamar is not being traded. Please stop calling it that. It's signing him to an offer sheet. It won't be a draft day trade. It will be a draft day offer sheet. And even then the Ravens will still have five days to match it. But aside from that, the Ravens have to figure out what their future is. They're in limbo. They haven't really had much chance to do anything because they've got so much salary cap tied up in Lamar Jackson as it stands. And they don't know how much they're going to have at the end of the year. If they do keep Lamar Jackson, that's 31 million or more. Because right now it's 31 million on the franchise tag. Could be even more that the Ravens have on the salary cap for 2023. We'll wait and find out what it is. But until then, the Ravens are in limbo. But you've got to have a plan B. And I'd imagine plan B is Tyler Huntley starting the season. But Tyler Huntley is not an acceptable long-term answer. If there is no one backing up Tyler Huntley of note, if there is no quarterback being groomed behind Tyler Huntley, Ravens fans will not accept that. They will not just accept John Harbaugh trotting out there and saying, well, we think we can win with Tyler Huntley, and we think that we're still a playoff team with Tyler Huntley instead of Lamar Jackson. We're going to go out there and we're going to fight. No, fans are going to revolt. Ticket sales are going to plummet because no one believes it. So you got to have a plan B. Is it a veteran? The only veteran available right now is Ryan Tannehill. It's probably not. Is it a rookie? Well, the Ravens were asked about that. The Ravens were asked, would they take a quarterback in the first round? The answer, classic GM answer. We, we think that if the board falls to us, yeah, we would, we would take a quarterback. But we don't draft players based on need. And this is one good thing that the Ravens do. And this is something that NFL teams should embrace more. You do not want to draft for need. Because if you're drafting for need, you're probably going to miss from time to time, right? Take the San Francisco 49ers, for example. They were not paying DeForest Buckner that big contract, so they traded him to the Indianapolis Colts. Well, now they had a massive hole at three tech, and so they draft Javon Kinlaw. They draft for need. They needed Javon Kinlaw to be successful right away, and he wasn't, and he hasn't been to this point. The 49ers have found other ways to make it work, but because they missed on Javon Kinlaw, now this offseason, they go out and they overpay a defensive tackle. They go out and take defensive tackle from the Philadelphia Eagles Super Bowl champion Javon Hargrave. And they overpaid him because everyone's overpaying defensive tackles right now. That's what the market is. So because the 49ers missed there and the, or the 49ers missed on their pick, they were put in a position where they had to overpay elsewhere. So you don't want to draft for need, but 
the Ravens need a quarterback at some point. And the fact that they pick so late and the fact that Hendon Hooker is gaining steam. Is that a coincidence? I don't know. Because Hendon Hooker, we hear time after time that Hendon Hooker could be a first round pick. Recently, Todd McShay and Todd McShay, we know that he's a media guy. You can't trust everything they say, but Todd McShay is a very connected man. And so when he hears things around the NFL, he makes note of them. And so when Hendon Hooker goes 23rd overall to the Minnesota Vikings, I take note of that. I noticed oh, Todd McShay has Hendon Hooker going in round one. So he's hearing that Hendon Hooker buzz just like we are. The Minnesota Vikings, that's an interesting one, but we've heard those rumors all offseason. I don't know if those are true or not, and I'm not going to trust that based on a, a Todd McShay mock draft, but I do trust the fact that teams are in on Hendon Hooker, which makes the rumors that Will Levis could fall out of the first round just so much sillier. You're telling me that Hendon Hooker is going to be drafted above Will Levis? I find that hard to believe based off of everything we've heard for over a year now based on everything. I find it very hard to believe that we're going to see Hendon Hooker drafted above Will Levis. So if Hendon Hooker is getting pushed into the first round, that means Will Levis is a lock to go in round one. Anthony Richardson, a lock to go in round one. And I'm sure there are NFL teams out there that don't have Richardson or Levis as a first round prospect. And that's okay. Other than B. John Robinson, there are not many players that will have a first round grade from all 32 teams. That's just how the NFL grading system works. But the fact that Hendon Hooker is being pushed into the first round by NFL media, by Todd McShay, by others, that is notable. So could Hendon Hooker be the replacement to Lamar Jackson in Baltimore? Could the plan be? All right. Tyler Huntley is going to be our starting quarterback. Hendon Hooker is going to be QB. Two, three, he's probably going to be inactive to start the season. You know, let him rehab. And then when things go bad, we can turn it over to Hendon Hooker. And that way our fans don't kill us. Could they do the same with Stetson Bennett from the University of Georgia? Reunite Bennett and Todd Monken. That feels like our Baltimore Ravens move. I don't know what they do, but I do know we're going to see five quarterbacks drafted in this first round. I do know we're going to see five starters at quarterback from this draft class. And I do know that you can trust all of the friends that sponsor the show. You know, people always ask me, hey, what is the, the World Series of Fantasy or the Super Bowl of Fantasy Football? And it's easy. It's the FFPC, the Fantasy Football Players Championship. It's a $6 million prize pool. And they've had their never-too-early best ball leagues cranking since February. And so the FFPC is the answer to so many questions. Hey, hey, where's the best place to get a dynasty orphan? Well, you can adopt a Dynasty Orphan at the FFPC. That's why we partner with them. If you want to play fantasy football for low, medium, high stakes, seasonal, best ball, Dynasty, go to the FFPC. And don't forget, promo code UNDERWORLD to get you $25 off your first team. $25 off your first team, no matter what team it is, no matter what format it is, at the FFPC. Go do it. Go do it. Go sign up at the FFPC and continue to follow along with Player Profiler today. Player Profiler 
media empire that we have been building slowly, releasing show after show after show. And to make sure you don't miss anything, give us a thumbs up, like the video, share the video, subscribe, and hit that little bell icon there. It'll let you know when we go live. And Player Profiler, we're going live all the time. We're at multiple shows every single day. You got Player Profiler today, every single day. You got Wake and Take five days a week. You got the Podfather running, what, three, four days a week now? You got Theo Greminger. He's on twice a week now at minimum. You got Billy Muzio. He's on three times a week. The the Roto Underworld Radio Empire just continues to expand. Player Profiler doing fantastic things. That's why you want to sign up for the all-in package. You get all the information that I have access to, including the brand new data analysis tool. I don't know if you guys have seen it. I don't know if you guys, gals, NBs have all seen it, but the data analysis tool is phenomenal. And I had the distinct privilege of getting to play with it before anyone else did. Billy and I were testing it. We were trying to break the data analysis tool, trying to find any bugs that we could. And we got it up and running. And it is beautiful. So I'm going to show you it here. I'm going to give you a little sneak peek of the data analysis tool just for you, just for your eyes only, because I love all of you so much. And I'm so thankful for all of you tuning in as often as you do. So let's get this little sneak peek on the way of the data analysis tool. You can see popular reports. So let's go fantasy scoring reports. We pull it up, we load, and we've got everyone. We've got defenders. You can see Fantasy points per game of defensive players even. And you will see that the fantasy points per game leader, the last was Taiwan Jones and the negatives and Kevontae Turpin negative, but you'll see Jalen Hurts, top of the fantasy scoring report. You can go to linebacker. Just look at linebackers and you see it is Foyer Aluakun. This is the beauty of it. It just does it so quickly. You can build your own reports. You can sort through every position if you're an IDP person. We've got the defensive stats for you. If you're an offensive person, we've got all the offenders for you. You can build your own reports, go to advanced reports, and just pick what you want. We want to look at passing stats. We can build air yards, pass attempts, pressured throws, create. Boom. We've got it. All of it right here on the data analysis tool. You can go for more advanced metrics. However you want to build it, however you want to play, Player Profiler has it all on the data analysis tool. Love it. Absolutely love it. Just great things happening here at Player Profiler. This is why we are arguably the premier media company, not just the premier independent football media company, but we're getting up there in the big leagues, in the high ranks alongside everyone else. But back to the rest of NFL media. We hear... Day after day, that Hendon Hooker, he continues to climb up the ranks. Hendon Hooker going to be drafted first round. And I get it. Guy was prolific at Tennessee. And I know he's an older prospect. I know he's 25 years old. But at this point in the year 2023, age for quarterback doesn't matter so much. Unless you're a Brandon Whedon who's 28 years old entering the NFL. I don't really care. Because 10 years from now, Hendon Hooker is going to be 35. And that's still a fine age for quarterback. We have seen more and more and more quarterbacks play into their late 30s, play into the 
their 40s. So I'm not bothered by Hendon Hooker's age. I love the prolific ability. I love the numbers he put up at Tennessee. And I think that some team is going to be able to work with Hendon Hooker. Could be the Baltimore Ravens. Todd Monken would have a lot of fun designing an offense with Hendon Hooker. Could be the Buccaneers. We've heard that the Buccaneers could end up drafting a quarterback. Todd McShay, he has Will Levis falling to 14 where the Buccaneers trade up. So even McShay doesn't have Will Levis falling out of the first round. He has him falling. Some people have Will Levis falling out of the top 10. We at Player Profiler do not. We've got four quarterbacks in the top five, or at least I do. Maybe even top four for four. But regardless, it's going to be a fun draft night. Can't wait to hear Hendon Hooker's name called earlier than expected. And it sounds as though we're going to hear Dalton Kincaid's name called earlier than expected as well. Daniel Jeremiah, he's updated his prospects. And this is all based off of Jeremiah, his scouting ability. This is not what he's hearing. There's two different things. Daniel Jeremiah does his mock drafts. We read those and we think this is not for if a player is good or bad. This is just what Daniel Jeremiah is hearing. But then when we look at his rankings, this is who Daniel Jeremiah as a former NFL scout, part of the scouting industrial complex. This is who he believes in, which probably means other NFL scouts believe in these players as well. So when Dalton Kincaid is the number nine player for Daniel Jeremiah, I take note of that. I don't think it should happen. I don't think any tight end should go in round one. People love, like, love, love, love Michael Mayer. Hope you like Cole Komet. Hope you like solid, average tight ends. Nothing wrong with that, but that's who Michael Mayer is. I don't think Dalton Kincaid should go in round one. We have no information on him. We have no testing. We have no measurables. We don't know who Dalton Kincaid is other that he was good in college and that people love the, the film. But I need more than that. I need more than that to take a tight end in round one because tight end isn't a position that wins in the NFL. Tight end and running back, the two least valuable positions in the NFL. So you're going to take Dalton Kincaid in the top 10 based on the ninth overall ranking from Jeremiah? No. Take him top 20 with a back injury. That means he hasn't worked out. No. Can't get behind it. This is where player profiler differs from the scouting industrial complex. We need more for these non-elite prospects. Jamar Chase, if Jamar Chase didn't go out and test, that, that's fine. He was an elite prospect, still taking him top five, still taking him top 10, but Dalton Kincaid, He's good. He could be great, but I'm not drafting a tight end that high without an elite prospect profile. Kyle Pitts, elite prospect, and look how his career has been so far. It's been fine, but it wasn't worth the draft capital that the Falcons took him with. They'd rather have Jamar Chase. So I can't get behind Dalton Kincaid being ranked inside the top 10. Daniel Jeremiah, I mean... I'm not going to tell you how to run your rankings. Just not my cup of tea. Not how I am going to do this. So when Dalton Kincaid is drafted in round one, because that's where the scouting industrial complex has him, right or wrong, we have to accept that and we have to adjust. So spoiler alert, Dalton Kincaid going round one. And I also can't believe that Daniel Jeremiah has Tyree Wilson as his fourth overall player. Like why? Talk to offensive tackles in the Big 12. And they will tell you, no. 
It's not Tyree Wilson. It is Felix Anaduke Awuzi, the Kansas State edge rusher, instead of Tyree Wilson. That's who everyone listed as the most dangerous player in the Big 12, the most dangerous edge rusher. None of them said Tyree Wilson. Isn't that telling that your competition doesn't think you are at the top of the league, top of the conference in the Big 12, but the NFL thinks that you are at the top of the edge rusher market? I don't, I don't see it. I don't see it. There's talk that he could go number two overall to the Texans if they pass on quarterback. Yeesh. There have been some brutal mock drafts coming out lately. Here to sift through that Fugazi. And here to tell you about Austin Eckler. A report comes out today from Ian Rappaport. The Chargers have given Austin Eckler permission to seek a trade. Yeah, that's old news. That's a couple weeks old. We knew that Austin Eckler was allowed to talk with other teams. He asked for a trade. They couldn't agree to one or sorry he asked for a new contract they couldn't agree to one so he asked for a trade or to seek a trade and the chargers said yes so i don't know why we've got the headline today maybe this is to take advantage of people who don't pay attention it's for people who tune in every couple of weeks just to get that clickbait oh austin eckler he he, he got it got it they accepted his trade request he, he can go look no this is that's been going on for weeks now but anyways Austin Eckler, it sounds as though he has accepted that he's going to have to stay with the Los Angeles Chargers, that no team is going to trade for him, no team is going to trade picks for him and then pay him. And I get it from the Chargers' point of view. You probably want more than... Because you're a Super Bowl-caliber team in Los Angeles. And Austin Eckler is a big part of that. I know I say running back one of the least important positions in the NFL. Eckler's different because of his impact on the passing game, because of how much passing matters in the NFL. So for the Chargers, they're going to want a premium asset for Austin Eckler, or else, sorry, man, suck it up. One more year on your contract, you hit free agency, and then then you go. At least that's the Chargers' perspective on it. I want the Chargers to do right by Austin Eckler and pay him. I think Austin Eckler deserves a raise. And the Chargers might disagree with what's right and just do business the way that they know how to the way that the NFL does business and make them wait it out at which point Austin Eckler there's no chance if he hits free agency he's returning to the Chargers this is a this is where emotions get involved this is where feelings get involved this is where people get hurt this is where feelings get hurt in these negotiations and so if we go all the way through the entire season the Chargers refuse to trade Austin Eckler refuse to pay him There ain't no way he's coming back, no matter how great Justin Herbert is. Speaking of not coming back, John Elway will not come back to the Denver Broncos. His contract has expired, and the team will just let him fade into the night. Let John Elway walk into the sunset. And this is just so interesting, because for years it was, well, it's John Elway. They can't fire him. He's like a son. He's like the son of the entire city of Denver. Everyone loves the guy. How do you not love him? And then the new ownership comes in and it's more of the same. Well, they're not connected to John Elway, but how do they fire John Elway? How do they get rid of him? This is the, 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 that would just upset people. And then things happen year after year. John Elway, he's just disappointing. And now that his contract is up and they just can choose not to renew it. And he can just walk away peacefully. John Elway doesn't have to have on his resume that he was fired by the Denver Broncos. 
the Denver Broncos don't have to have in the headlines they, that they fired John Elway. Instead, John Elway, no longer part of the Denver Broncos. Not sign, They're just not signing a new contract. It's just how things go. And that's best case scenario because John Elway needed to go. The new ownership group wanted him gone. Sean Payton, his ego definitely wouldn't tolerate having John Elway's fingerprints and everything. So best case scenario, best of luck to John Elway in his future endeavors and best of luck to the Denver Broncos as they go through this transition. But that will bring us to our final couple pieces of news. We've got news on rookies teams that they are visiting. Quentin Johnston, we already talked about him going to the Baltimore Ravens. He's visiting with the Chiefs and the Cowboys. Teams still like Quentin Johnston. Teams like these wide receivers. Cowboys, five wide receivers at minimum that they are visiting. And teams seem to like Dwayne McBride as well. Visiting the New Orleans Saints, visiting the Baltimore Ravens. Gotta remember, So this is why we did the backfield show. This is why we talked about the teams that were at risk, the running backs that were at risk of being replaced. Go back and check that out from a couple days ago. Maybe it was sometime last week, but... We talked about all of these backfields because there's going to be people coming in to replace guys. And this is that was just looking at the, the big names. Dwayne McBride could very well come into the Baltimore and replace Gus Edwards by the end of the season. Just sorry, Gus, no longer part of our plans. With the Saints, not with Jamal Williams because of the contract he got, but could become a one-two punch and they could move on from Alvin Kamara with the suspension probably as soon as next year. Bijan Robinson visiting the Las Vegas Raiders. Imagine, imagine the Raiders drafting Bijan Robinson with Josh Jacobs on the franchise tag. What a Raiders move that would be. They've also got Bryce Young visiting as well, which is why I think they're taking quarterback. And Kendra Miller. Kendra Miller also visiting the Cowboys and the Saints. Kendra Miller talked about it last night on Mock Draft Live with Aaron Stewart. Kendra Miller, if he didn't have the knee injury, if he was able to test, if everything was 100% for Kendra Miller, he'd be in the RB3 conversation alongside Zach Charbonnet, alongside Roshan Johnson. Kendra Miller, supreme talent. Really wish we got to see him test, which is why we don't have him up there with those other backs. Player profiler adjusts. We react. And so because we don't have testing numbers for Kendra Miller, we can't put them ahead of guys that we know are great athletes. That's why we have them behind Israel Abanacanda. But because we are player profiler and we do know that Kendra Miller showed athleticism on the field, we know that he should have been a really athletic guy and he's got the weight. We know we can't drop him too far. So Kendra Miller still in on him. He might be one of my favorite prospects at this point, just because of where he's going in relation to the talent. Can't wait to see where he's drafted. And I can't wait to see where Roshan Johnson is drafted. And this is why we have Roshan Johnson ahead of Kendra Miller. Because we got the testing results. We got to see what Roshan Johnson can do. And now he didn't hit the hyped up 4-4 that we heard. But every year we hear some guy's going to run a surprising 4-4. Most of them don't. And so we have to stop getting disappointed. We have to not be upset that Roshan Johnson didn't crack 4-4. But we can be happy knowing Roshan Johnson finished top five in terms of the 10-yard split. That matters. 
for a running back. That is the burst, the initial explosiveness, and Roshan Johnson has that in spades, which is why Roshan Johnson goes out and is visiting at least eight teams. We know today Roshan Johnson visited the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, which... Ooh, that would be dangerous for Rashad White. That one would scare me quite a bit. I don't think it's going to happen. The Buccaneers have way too many needs outside of running back to invest in a Roshan Johnson. But wherever Roshan Johnson goes, he is going to hurt some starter somewhere. And for all of the fans out there, I know you're probably sick of player profile. Oh, another Roshan Johnson spiel. What is it in your guys' contract when you sign up that you don't get paid unless you mention Roshan Johnson? No, that's not the case. But Roshan Johnson is just that good. And the Dynasty community doesn't seem ready to accept just how special Roshan Johnson is. And when he ends up going on day two, it's going to be a lot of people surprised out there to see that player profiler was right Again. <laughs>